The True Tone Lounge podcast features audio-only versions of our video interviews. To view those, please visit truetonelounge.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash truetonefx. So Rob, tell me about this gold top that you have. Okay. Well, it's a 53. Yeah. Um, it's mostly original. Uh, it, it did have a headstock break at one point uh, before I got it. Um, uh, these are not the original tuners. Okay. I think there's one, maybe two pots that are different. Okay. Um, other than that, it's original. And um, uh, I uh, got it from Victor Krauss. Um, Allison Krauss's yeah, brother. The yeah. Upright. Bass player. Yeah. Um, I had a 62 SG that I'd bought off of Bukovac. Okay. And and it was a great guitar, really, really great. But I, I just found I wasn't playing it at the time as much as uh, I wanted to. And somebody told me that Victor Krauss was on the hunt for a really good early 60s SG. So I, I called him up and said, I do you want to check this out? And he and he did, and, and uh, he had two other 60s SGs. He was like, I want to do a shootout. Uh, between this one and the other two that I have, to, I'm looking for the one. You know? Okay. And so he, we, I went over to his place and he played it, and he was, he was loving it enough to want it. And uh, so, well, and at the time I didn't want to trade. I, I just, I just wanted to sell it, get my money mm-hmm. back. And uh, he, he said, "Are you interested in a trade?" And, and I said, "You know, like we all do. Well, what do you got?" Yeah. <laughs> And he, he pulled this thing out, and I remembered doing a session at his place years before that where I played this guitar. And I was like, oh, I remember. I forgot you had that. You know? And he's like, well, I'm thinking about, I would, I would trade you this. And I, and I thought, well, how much? I'm going to owe you money. I mean, these, this is not an equal trade. And he went, well, there's a headstock break. And I said, well, what are you thinking? And uh, he said, I'd just swap you, you know? And so... I started playing the guitar and just instantly it it was right for me and and uh so I ended up with it that's and you know I I use it all the time I mean it's just uh I love P90s I love how uh responsive they are and this is a really good one it's fairly lightweight uh and it just sounds good the neck is perfect you know so what are uh, what are maybe some songs that you've uh, used that on Hmm, let me think. Um, I, uh, gosh, I use it so much. I, now it's hard to think of a, what are some songs? There's there's some stuff actually on the new uh, Frankie Ballard record that's coming out that's, okay. uh, that this guitar is on. Um, uh, I think uh, El Camino. Okay. Uh, and, and it sounds really good on that song, so check that out. I think you can watch a YouTube video of it right now. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, uh, let's let's hear a bit of you uh, playing the guitar. Okay. Thank you. 
Well, tell me about this mid-60s Strat you have here. Okay. This guitar is, this was one of my dad's guitars. Uh, and when he, it's a 65 Strat. Uh, nice. Yeah. And, and uh, when he passed away, I kind of acquired this guitar full time. But it was always around the house. I played it, you know, and um, I got two of his guitars, uh, a 55 Tele and this guitar that he had. He bought and grew in both at the same time. Uh, down in 80 or 81. Back when Grun was a little bit further down on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. And Broadway was a scary place to go. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, it's mostly original. I have all the original parts. Um, I ended up uh, changing the tuners at one point. Just to, uh, just to other Cluson uh, type machine heads? Yeah, not, yeah. Not I to Shalers or anything crazy no, like that. No, no. Oh. Uh, these were these are pretty much. Uh, I think these are go to tuners or something. Yeah. Whatever was. Uh, they have a better the uh, better ratio on. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, old the old tuners were starting to slip a lot, mm. and um, yeah, something had to be done. Uh, this is not the original bridge, but I've actually been. I have the original bridge, and I've been thinking about putting that back on. I think I took them off because. The saddles were sitaring so bad, and I didn't know how to fix that. Or at the time, okay. I was a teenager yeah. or whatever. No. Yeah. So I just bought a replacement bridge for it, mm -hmm. just like the one that you know, a vintage style bridge. But other than that, everything's original. Um, and I, for many years, this was really the only guitar that I had, um, and I played it uh, in every every situation I was in. I mean. America, Europe, I traveled with it a lot. and uh, It's uh, all this wear. It was kind of like really new looking when I got it. Um, show, show the back of the instrument. So oh, they, yeah, so yeah. You, you can kind of see the, uh, uh, yeah. the color, more of the color that yeah, it used that's to be. That, yeah. And you see, see where this paint is gone right mm -hmm. here? Uh, um, I, I, I was trying to figure out how that happened. And one day when I was playing with Tinsley Ellis, we were out in the middle of a... Uh, Arkansas in August or something on a festival show without a cover and I was sweating so bad in the middle of playing a guitar solo I noticed that sweat was dripping off my nose and hitting here and just rolling down that horn right there and 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 I guess that had been happening for years okay and and I just never no noticed that that's what was happening. So it just kind of ate away the paint. That's the only thing I can figure because it's just that because I was wa literally watching the sweat drip right here and just travel down there, and it was just doing that the whole show. And I I went, ah, oh, that's how you oh. lose paint back there. I don't know. So I love the fact that I've had this for so long. I I don't play strats a ton now, but. This guitar has been with me for so long, I pick it up all the time at the house, and, and I take it to sessions and play it, definitely. Uh, but it's, um, it's, just, it's just this one tells, tells a lot of stories uh, for me. Yeah. Special guitar. Yeah. This is, you know, it's got the uh, transition logo. Yeah, yeah. You know, started in late 64, 65, and... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, these these you know the strats weren't made like this for very long, and then in '66 they got the bigger headstock. Right. So there's only yeah. like a, a year or a little more than a year where they had that logo on them. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very very cool guitar. Well, let's hear you play some of it. Okay.
So tell us about this Sen guitar. Okay. Jeff Sen is one of my best friends, and he's a builder here in town. Uh, and um, this was the second guitar, I actually, uh, that he made for me. Um, I, uh, when, we, when I was playing with Delbert, we opened for the Stones uh, down in Dallas, and, and I, I, Keith was playing his uh, Sunburst Telly, and I was just like, oh, man, I need a Sunburst Telly. And uh, so I talked. To, I started talking to Jeff about building me this guitar, and uh, you know, I didn't. I was going to do the humbucker in the neck like Keith's, but um, I kind of like P90s better in the neck position of, or something else. Uh, the humbucker for me just gets a little too muddy. Um, so I thought we'd try a P90, and this is a Lawler P90 and a Don Mare bridge pickup. Uh, and that combination just works so well in this guitar, and and, uh, and I used this guitar uh, with Delbert for years, and 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 I and I used it certainly on a ton of sessions. I mean, um, I, I mean for a good while, this was definitely a main guitar of mine uh, live and in the studio, and it's just a really good one. I mean, he he knocked it out of the park with this guitar. It looks great. It, it feels great and I you know can't say enough about it you know so now did he put that wear underneath the bridge plate? oh right uh no I did uh I think I think there was some finish gone uh he 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 had some finish gone but uh I, you, you can't feel it obviously but uh when I had to have this guitar refretted at some point he pulled out pictures of the original uh the day that he sold it to me or whatever and um and uh, he was like, man, there's a lot more wear on here. And, and, I, and he said, your fingers are gouging into this body. And uh, I'd always seen that on other tellies, but I never knew that my fingers were doing that. And I, and I never even noticed it. I never even thought to feel that. You know, I just always played the guitar. <laughs> and, and, and when he brought it to my attention, like there's some significant uh, wood missing right there. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you base your 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 fingers there to when you're when you're I picking, don't even or? know. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I, I guess I must. You know, it yeah. must just be like uh, the edge of my fingernail digging down in there over time. You know, I don't know what happens when I play Zach. I don't. I don't. I, I just start playing. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it, but I love it. I yeah. love that that's happened. And we did an interesting thing here that other players have probably done. I had this. The, the control plate reversed um, so that I could, because I, I didn't like using volume pedals okay. out on the road with Delbert. You know, I didn't need a volume pedal. It was mm -hmm. just louder or softer, you know. Yeah. But I like being able to do volume swells at times and be able to get to the tone control and do tone swells. But one of the problems on the telly is if you got the, uh, by reversing that, I could get to these while I was playing easier. But um, I always found that when you've got the switch in the neck position, it's right up against one of the knobs. It's kind of hard to, for me to manipulate. Um, so Jeff, being brilliant, I don't know if he saw this somewhere, but he said, hey, how about if I bend that tip just a little bit so that this knob sticks down, you know, points out at, uh, diagonally. Mm -hmm. 
And what that allowed me to do is just swipe underneath the knobs for quick pickup changes. Right. And I just thought that was the, the smartest thing I'd ever heard anybody come up with. And uh, people, people see it all the time. I've had uh, guitar techs go, oh, man, I don't know what happened. Your, your, your switch got bent. I, I didn't touch it, I swear. You know, I'm like, no, no, it's <laughs> no, no, really it supposed like to be that. like that. You know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, if, if people want to learn a little bit more about Jeff Sin, we actually interviewed him in another True Tone Lounge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I saw that. Yeah, I encourage anyone to uh, to uh, check that out. But uh, let's hear you play the guitar some now. Okay. Let's talk about some of your other gear. So okay. uh, tell us tell us about your amp. What you, did you bring today? Okay, well, I brought my Princeton Reverb. It's a Blackface. I'm, I'm not even sure of the year, but Blackface Princeton Reverb. Okay. Um, Have you had anything done to it? Uh, well, I've gone through a bunch of different speakers over the years, but uh, right now I think what's in there is a 10-inch Jensen Neo. Okay. And I, I, I kind of... I just like that speaker. It sounds like a Jensen to me. Okay. I, I like this amp sounding just just like a stock Fender. I okay. tried 12-inch speakers, but I have deluxe reverbs, and so I kind of felt like I should keep the Princeton the way it was intended by Leo to be. I mean, you know, it's kind. Of, I like the 10-inch speaker in there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you also use a deluxe reverb uh, a fair amount. What kind of speaker do you yeah. put in there? Uh, I think lately uh, it's either a, uh, I have three of them, and, and I think two of them have a warehouse uh, ET65 speaker. Okay. 
And that's um, like a Celestian G1265 speaker, I believe. I, I guess so. I think yeah. you're right. I, yeah. I, I don't know all of that, but uh, yeah. uh, but uh, that sounds good. I record with that quite a bit, and yeah. uh, and and I think the other one hat right now has a G twelve H thirty in it. Okay, um, and and that's a good combination too. So. Yeah. So any, anything been done to the Princeton circuit wise? Otherwise, it's just you know stock. I think it's pretty stock. I I think one of the transformers has had to be changed, but Todd Sharp did the work when I got this amp, and yeah. he just happened to have. Uh, a, a period correct transformer wow. um uh he was like hey look what i have i can just put this in there right in place of it you know and um so it's uh, Work, you know. worked out perfect yeah yeah so that that's kind of a, that's kind of a grab and go amp yeah, yeah yeah you know i record with that a lot at the house or okay and then, small, and if you're going to a, on a, you know on a cartridge session, you're going to have you know you're going to have a lot more stuff. What would be your typical amp arsenal on a on a cartridge session? Okay, uh, well, I have uh, the thing that I use more than anything else is a presence knob basement head. Okay, I have a sixty. I have two sixty four basement heads that are. Uh, the tuxedo ones, black yes. face cosmetics, but yes. the presence knob still. Yeah, that's There's, what I use most of the time. Um, I also have a 72-50-watt uh, small-box Marshall head that sounds killer. Oh. Um, I have an old Silvertone Twin 12 amp that I like a lot. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I do have an old matchless. Um, I have like a 94 DC or HC30 head. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like that, too. I, I don't use that one as much as the other three, but uh, you know, for certain sounds... That's perfect, you know. Yeah. They're, they're really great amps. I, you know, a lot to choose from. Cool. Yeah. And let's talk about your pedal board. Okay. So uh, is this this is kind of a uh, also kind of a grab and go board. I'm yeah. assuming you also have other boards that are that are maybe perhaps bigger than this. Yeah, yeah. I have a few different boards. Uh, my main big cartridge board has a lot of this stuff on it. Um, just a few extra things. Um, uh, but this is what I would take to a non-cartage situation, uh, like a session where I just they don't they aren't paying for cartage. And yeah, I change this around a lot. So this is just kind of how it is at the current moment. Um, okay, uh, the first thing is this uh, uh, Scarab Deluxe fuzz pedal made okay. by Basic Audio. And so what does what does that do for you? Well, it uh, it it's a just it's a fuzz pedal, uh, but it's capable of a lot of different sounds in the fuzz realm. Okay. I mean, um, you want me to show you like yeah. the different? Yeah. Okay, you, like let us hear it. Right now, I have it set on like a gated kind of fuzz sound, which is interesting to me. Uh, I'll turn this uh, slap back off. It. You know, you hear how it's like gating the fuzz and cutting it out a lot. Right. Sometimes that's a really cool percussive thing. But by turning this bias knob up, uh, you get more of the, you know, like longer sustain on the notes. And You know, it's just a really cool 
versatile fuzz pedal. I love it. Uh, that company, I have a few of their pedals, and, and uh, their fuzz pedals all are pretty quirky and do some pretty interesting things. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, from there, it go, I think I go into the King of Tone pedal, which is, which is I probably use that most of the time uh, for overdrive. You know, I kind of, this is like kind of a cleaner boost side. I'll show you that. Well, here, here's the dry sound. Then, and then when I kick this on, it's like. Same sound, a little bit louder, pr pretty much. Um, and then this side is more compressed, uh, you know, just more gain. Uh, let me turn this level up a little bit. out of tune there uh but uh that's that pedal and then um i think from there it goes into this uh uh j rocket right now i've got this uh j rocket uh dude pedal on here i usually have an ibanez mostortion there okay um which i use I always have those around. That's like my, probably my main pedal, and it's weird that I don't have that with me okay. today. I didn't realize I didn't have it on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been checking this pedal out. It's I, I think this is kind of like their take on on maybe a Dumble or, or something. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Just another... Uh, another flavor of drive. Another flavor of drive, really. No you know? So, back up to the uh, the Mostortion. Oh yeah. There, seem, there seems to be a little, you know, kind of cult of the Mostortion. And so uh, Jeff Sin, you know, who's been down yeah. here, had one, and then Derek Wells had yeah. one. Yeah. And so uh, I think they're they're saying uh, that <laughs> a lot of this comes back to you, and then and then and then maybe you got it from Leroy Parnell. Is that kind of the uh, the the way yeah. the Mostortion, uh, you know, kind of little cult of Nashville came about. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, well, that yeah, um, I was using them. Uh, I got turned on to them from Leroy Parnell and Bob Britt. Okay. Um, uh, they both had them, and I just loved the way that their guitars sounded uh, when I would see them, and and so I bought one, and uh, it instantly became something I related to. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because I don't think it's like that universal of a pedal. Uh, yeah. It takes a little bit of a, there's a learning curve to that pedal, but once you figure out how to work it with your amp and the tone controls that are there, it's some of it's not uh, as intuitive as it seems. Mm -hmm. uh, some players will turn on that pedal and it's like the worst sounding thing you could yeah. ever imagine. Yeah. But for me, it worked and, and uh, and yeah, I mean now it's like I bought some. I was buying them when they were like a hundred bucks a piece or less, you know. And so I, it's funny. I mean, I walk around my house and I'm like, oh hey, I've got another Boss tuner. Oh, there's a Mostortion in that box. I mean, I've probably got twenty of those things laying around because they aren't made great. No. So they do break on you. And so I just for 
a few years just was buying every one that came up on eBay every chance that I got, you know. Yeah, they're part of the 10 series Ibanez. That, yeah. They don't have a great switch in them. The switch and doesn't they, and they yeah. have And they don't have good, uh, they've got plastic shaft pots on there that don't that don't really take much uh, abuse. Yeah. So I I don't know why anybody would do that to a device that's designed to be stepped on. Yeah. You know what? I have C.C. DeVille's old uh, Mostortion. Really? Yeah, C. I do. C.C. DeVille I from do. Poison. I, yeah, I, it's funny because I, I bought this one online and they claimed that it was his, but they didn't have any information to back it up. Right. But it had different knobs on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so years later, I was doing a session with Poison's keyboard player, uh, Will Dowdy, I think is his name. Okay. And I said, hey, I think I have CeCe's old, uh, one of his Mostortion pedals. And he goes, really? Here's my number. Send me a, send me a picture of it. Yeah. And so I, I sent him a picture of it, and he forwarded on to CC DeVille, and, and, and he went, yeah, that's my old pedal. So I've got CC <laughs> DeVille's old. I, I would have, you know. I would have sold it back to him or whatever, you know, if he wanted it. But I mean, yeah. you know, but I just find that funny that I've got that, you know, and yeah. it's it's barely hanging on. I mean, the knobs are so loose. I mean, there's no telling what that pedal's been through. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So next up, you have a okay. Dunlop volume pedal, and then yeah. Uh, and well, I mean, it run oh, into actually, this EQ yeah. pedal, and and I, you know, this is just a great tool to have. You know, I like to. Uh, radically EQ things yeah. for different parts and uh, make them sound funky. So, yeah, that's a pretty extreme uh, EQ setting where you're really kind of driving up the mids and cutting, you know, bass and and, and highs. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- you know, like for for a, like a small part in a song, that must have just been the last setting I had it on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you know, if you can imagine, like in a breakdown or something like that, it's kind of cool to get smaller and you know just. Just to change the scene a little bit, uh, yeah. And so I use that a lot. Uh, sometimes I jump the gain way up on that and EQ it flat, you know, and use that as an overdrive. Um, mm-hmm. It's very effective. Um, and then it goes into the volume pedal, and this thing makes you louder or softer. <laughs> really? <laughs> Never heard of such a thing. I know it's crazy. It's kind of like a gas pedal I know. for the guitar. Gosh, so many secrets <clears throat> getting out today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you've got the tuner running off of it. I know. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that uh, is probably the most important thing on this whole board. <laughs> yeah, staying staying in tune. And then you've got the uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the big the big Strymon okay. pedals, the uh, the Mobius and the Timeline. Yeah, yeah. I think I run into the Mobius after the volume pedal. Uh, you know, and this is just has tremolo, phaser, flanger, Leslie stuff, um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean it goes on from there. These boxes yeah. do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Everybody in Nashville, uh, a lot of people have the Strymon stuff because it's a small package, a lot of sounds. Yeah. Um, and from there I run into the El Capistan, yeah. which is their tape delay pedal. You know, I like the I like the slap back a lot on this. Um, you know, I like that a lot. Now, the reason why I have it, you know, because I also then go into the Strymon timeline, which is a dedicated delay pedal. So I I I find that I always have slap back. I like having just a dedicated slap back sound. Okay. Now. 
on bigger uh, uh, when I have cartridge, I have a full tone uh, tape Echoplex thing, and and I I love that the best. Yeah. Or the Lux Memory Man, you know. So I like to have something that's just that's my slapback sound. Okay. Um, and then, and then yeah. you want something else to put on top of that when it when it's needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, this is the Strymon timeline. These things are great. You can just do a lot with that. Um, there's a great lo-fi setting in there that I like to use to make it sound really trashy and stuff like that, you know. Uh, in Nashville, a lot of times, you know, it helps to be able to dial your delays uh, into the tempo of the song. Certainly. Um, I actually don't do that. I like to I like to just trim it back just a little bit because I like it when the delay feels a little bit behind the beat. You know, because then, because then you don't have to use as much of the effect mm -hmm. somehow, and it still sounds like there's more there going on. Uh, so, I mean, it's just kind of nice to have something that you can get a lot of sounds out of really fast. Um, you know, and that's that's just basically this this that's this whole pedal board, and my big pedal board is basically these things, but there's a few other gags on there you know yeah. for when they're needed well very cool well rob thank you so much for coming out today we really thank appreciate you. you coming out to the true tone lounge and you know telling your story and telling us about your gear thank you thank you great fun this has been an audio presentation by true tone truetone.com